When the rain gets under your skin Leaking tadpoles like it's a whim And what do you say When it's all gone sideways and fools And your heart won't beat with the rules Little back and like shoot on the path You're pushing past these boulders Pushing past these boulders Welcome to the Bridge to Branches podcast. You and your entirety are welcome here. No matter who you are, where you're from, or what you've been through. On the Bridge to Branches podcast, we believe every mental health experience is valid and has power. If you are tending to your mental health, you are smart and brave. If life is a tree, mental health is the bridge from the roots to the branches, connecting where we've been and what we've been through to its impact on the world, spanning outwards. Mental health is the bridge to your destiny in this world. Join us in talking about it. Content warning for this episode. In this episode, we discuss sensitive topics such as psychosis and suicide. Hi folks, this is Alex, the host of Bridge to Branches. Joining me today for a conversation is the second host of the podcast who will be teaming up with me on later episodes. For the purposes of this podcast, she is going by Lyra. Lyra is a doctoral student of psychology, though she values and honors the healing or recovery process in its entirety. She focuses on the oneness of the individual, how our individual minds, body, and spirit can potentially function harmoniously, and how this strengthens our life force in anything we do. Lyra looks at the whole of humanity or life in the same way, and that when we function as one in harmony, we are stronger and we strengthen each other. Just like the individual not working in synergy within, when we are turned against one another, we weaken our own species. Her current dissertation research is along these lines on how our individual trauma or healing impacts the whole as one, influenced by the phenomenon of interconnection. She has a cool book coming out later this year called Rising Out of Depression and Going Up the Royal Road. Lyra honestly believes we are all recovering ultimately from something, and she focuses on natural remedy and care and the future. The two of us hope you enjoy episode two. Thanks so much for showing up to do an interview today. I really appreciate you being here and for all your work on the podcast. It's been really great. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Um, I'm really looking forward to this dialogue right now. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it for sure. For sure. Um, can I ask your preferred pronouns to start? Yes. So I prefer the pronouns she, her, hers. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, so let's kind of just dive in. Um, how do you feel about, how do you feel about the term mental health and how do you relate to it? So... That's a really good question. Um, I actually have never really thought about it, which kind of surprises me. Um, This question might be getting vetoed soon because that's most people's responses, but I also feel like that's a good sign because it, like, brings about, like, we can excavate into, like, a new place in our minds and like wow that's a really great way to describe it yeah I totally agree like you asked the question and like I have information that I can pull from I just have never thought to before so thank you for asking and I think it also speaks to my journey ultimately because I have I have been so focused on the 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 unrest in my mind throughout my life like the the dis the the disconnect or the dissatisfaction or the negativity all those things adding up to like pathology or just mental illness but i haven't i i don't really stop you know to start thinking about i'm not like you know while i'm driving thinking oh i'm feeling really mentally well like i feel mentally healthy i think it just kind of speaks to like to like societally where we're at this where i'm not appreciating 
how when I'm doing well mentally. I'm more focused on my mental being, my mental well-being when I'm not doing well. Totally makes so much sense. So I think it's a great question. I think to just ask it invites, it has invited me to answer it. It has also invited me, I think, moving forward to even just like reflect like on just the gratitude of feeling, if I'm feeling mentally healthy, to just like acknowledge that. Completely, yeah. Well, I'm glad that that can be elicited, kind of like that like recognition that gratitude should happen in those moments. And for me as well, like when I'm good, I don't always think about in comparison to anything else. I just, I'm just good. But when I'm not so good, then I'm really like, oh my gosh, I'm like really comparing my experience to when I am good. And um, yeah, so on that, on that tip, uh, how would you, how do you relate to the term mental illness then? I relate to it. I have, I feel like I have a long, a, a long time relationship with it. Um, you know, in this life I have, I encountered, like I would encounter the pathology around mental illness like a couple of years ago. But I think even earlier than, you know, officially getting any diagnosis or officially going to therapy or anything else that's occurred on my journey, I, I still think I was having an experience of, you know, just what I now consider mental illness, but then I wasn't really, it's kind of strange just like talking this out when I look at the timeline of my life, but like when I was younger, I never had in my mind the word depression. I never thought about it and I never, no one ever said it to me about me or anxiety even, but I was having like these lived experiences all the time when I was like in high school or younger, younger even, but it's kind of interesting like to think that then I went, kind of went through the mental health world where we use, you know, diagnoses as labels. And then I was given a, I was really given a, like a, a term to describe my experience that I honestly just feel like was not, like a lot of what I experienced early in my life, I I don't consider it to be negative, but it's like then I had these these labels, and then I started to associate my all my experiences with all this possible stuff that's then a part of our diagnostic system. So I honestly wonder even if like if if I hadn't been officially diagnosed with something or you know started to really study more about the diagnoses, if I would ever have thought anything was wrong with me. Right, right. That's really interesting. I, th- I thought of, I've been thinking about the word diagnosis recently, and I looked up to see what it meant in, from like the etymology of other languages, and um, it's kind of, in Greek, it gives us a kind of a different perspective of how to look at it. So instead of having looked at a diagnosis as kind of like a, a negative thing that we do pathologize, like that you're speaking to. In Greek, dia means across or thorough. Um, and gnosis or nasis, G-N-O-S-I-S, is a deep knowledge of spiritual matters. So the word in Greek, diagnosis, would mean a thorough and deep like cross or thorough knowledge of spiritual matters or knowledge. So that's always been really interesting to me to kind of, not always, because I just discovered this pretty recently, but it is pretty interesting to me um, that we kind of pathologize folks who have diagnoses, um, but is it always a bad thing? I don't know. Um, yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit more. When did your mental health journey begin? Um, well, when I just kind of like, when I just, if I can just eliminate in my mind, you know, like a beginning point, because I think, when I think about mental illness as a journey in my lifetime, I see, I very much see a crisp beginning. Like I, when I first went to when I first went to a psychiatric hospital, 
I would say that, like, there's very stark events in my life that just could be milestones that mark the beginning of mental illness, but mental health, the beginning of that feels just like, that feels beginningless, because that feels like when I flow into this life, then I, it's just something that, it's like, I'm, I don't even know if I would at the time label health or unhealth, like, un, you know, just unrest or rest. Um, in my mind, I'm just like, it just does feel like I am just being when I'm younger. And then later is when I really start thinking about all these, like, I have, I have a lot of thoughts already, but then I'm like, now I'm thinking on top of my thoughts about my thoughts and what it means to have these types of th these thoughts um, or these experiences. It might sometimes like depression, for example, doesn't really necessarily mean a lot of thinking. Um, it might just mean like, I want to just do this specific behavior. Like, I really feel like, I really feel like I want to sleep more or something. And then I just like, because of like the way my mind is so interconnected into this whole system of diagnoses now, um, I definitely started to internally label too. I'm like, oh, I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping in again. This must mean this and this and this. Let me just go like look up the symptoms of this either online or, you know, in the DSM. Let me just like figure this out, what this is. Um, but mental health or even just like wellness, I don't even know a word. I guess I would want to find a word that's like a whole where it's not just like half and half or half, like one or the other, like illness or or health because oh, I love that you're bringing up the diagnosis, like the etymology of it because I, I really love you know finding out um, where words come from and then how we use them. But I learned that to heal means to become whole. Mm. So... I just love like the idea of wholeness and so to think about illness and health being in one, you know, as one instead of as two, like either I'm mentally healthy or I'm mentally ill, that's very broken in itself. It's very like, what's the word when you're like, it's fragmented, Mixtured, yeah. yeah, and then it's, it's, I really want to think of this, I guess split, um, dual, that's the word I'm looking for, nice. yeah. like it's, it's dualistic thinking, it's a dualistic at the source of right. our well-being, of our lives, really, and so this is, and this is, it speaks to like the, the, the philosophical undertones of our society in general currently, but we have, we are, we dual, we dualize, I don't know if that's a word, but we have like split, you know, we have dualistic thinking everywhere. Right, right. We yeah. don't see that we're whole with like, you know, the environment, for example, we don't, we don't really think all the time, oh, I'm like, I'm one with the world, like myself is one with everything, so then I'm not going to just throw garbage like into the world, you know, unless I'm also like throwing that same garbage into my body, which we, sometimes we go through phases where we do do that too. Right. Um, but to just think about the, the oneness, just to kind of narrow back into the mind, you know, it's kind of like impossible almost to just like fragment out just the mind from then the body. I know that we were talking about this earlier, but like the mind from the body or the spirit or the, the environment, or, you know, I'm using the word spirit. I know people have all different like vocabulary that they would use there, but just the spiritual energetic essence of life. Right, right. Um, along with the body and the mind. But um, like we really, just to go back into the mind, we really don't, that's kind of, it in itself has been split. Just that one aspect of our lives. And then we're trying to like also get back to like a wholeness of the whole being too. Completely, completely. I, when you first said that, I was thinking how folks often say like my other half, and they're talking about their significant other, instead oh, yeah. of recognizing that they themselves are quite, are quite whole um, on their own, autonomous beings. Um, but we are... We are parts of a greater whole, and that whole is 
I think that the outlook should be that that whole is healed and we are trying to get back to that, you know, like that essence of wholeness. Yeah, that's, healed wholeness. that's a really beautiful way to say it and to think that like we've come from a healed wholeness and that's very hopeful because then we're going, we're going towards what is, what already is about us. So we're not trying to, we're not inventing something Right. As a vision, we're just, it's more like of a, of a returning. Totally. And all the places that we've been, like, splintered. I mean, I love the, there's just so much tree metaphor that we have with this know, project. But to think that, to think about how a tree grows from that one place, and then it does really grow, and it, it still has that one trunk, but then it has, it really, the branches just really splinter. They go in all different directions, and there's many, many of them. So, in a way, um, I'm just thinking about the wholeness. Like, I know that you've mentioned the term collective healing on this project so far. I think that's a really great, it's a great forward movement in terms of our understanding of how, we're, how we all do this together. Um, but then, just back to the individual, we each individually become whole. And then we become whole as one, too. So there's an individual process. And that's even starting, like, when you look just within the mind, I'm like, how can I just be, how can I just change my narrative around being split? Right. I think of, in terms of, like, mental wellness or mental health and creating a whole, like, a whole healed mind and a healed being, like if we're relating to the tree, which we talked about and mentioned, um, the roots are all kind of splintered off and go in different directions. The branches are all splintered off and go off in different directions, mm -hmm. but the trunk is kind of the bridge, is kind of like the image that we have for this, the name of this podcast, and that's like the place in the tree where, where everything can be healed and whole. That's kind of like how I picture just like the image of the tree. Mm -hmm. um, so... Where did you, when did you first discover that mental illness, if that's the term that you're relating to, might have been a part of your life, and what did you do with it? Like, what did you do at that point? I really, I, I fully committed to the idea of being mentally unwell or ill. I mean, seriously, I, once I was kind of gifted the, I mean, I had, I had some experience is that were very dramatic and caused attention. And then once I was kind of gifted into my mind the idea of mental illness, really, um, I kind of just really latched onto it and I just journeyed. I feel honestly like I've been journeying like through life with that as my foundation. <laughs> for a, a while now. And I know that people have, like, you know, long-term journeys with mental illness. I, I'm only speaking from my own, which is, it's, I would say my, my first encounter is close to seven years ago. Um, so it feels like a long time, to be honest, but I know that I, I don't mean it to sound like no one has ever had a longer experience with mental illness than that, of course. Yeah. Um, but I do know that I do know that time feels different when my life is based on that as my foundation. Like when my life is based on the foundation of depression, um, the days feel really, they feel both like impossibly big and long because I just have so, I can't sit still. I can't sit, you know, with, in, with myself in any moment. So I'm mm -hmm. just like um, not at peace. Um, so that time feels like very big in that way, very stretched. Um, but then it also feels fast because I feel like I didn't really do much. Like I, I couldn't, I don't know, I couldn't sit with myself to do much of anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm curious because you mentioned this earlier 
what your experience was like that led up to you going to a psychiatric hospital, if you experienced something that was like, you mentioned, I think you said the word dramatic at one point, mm-hmm. like that sort of thing. Um, it's always interesting to me to talk with people about um, our respective journeys through that system because I have my own experiences with it and my own opinions, of course, and I'd love to hear what that was like for you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I've, uh, thank you for asking. I've recently, I've recently realized how unvocal I am just in general about my experiences, but not really because, not really because I don't, I'm afraid to talk about them, but I think there's also just a degree of respect, like in given environments, I don't really share, but I also went through a period where I very much was like, you know, I was saying the foundation of my life was that. And so I I felt very defined by my pain for a very long time in my life. Um, So that means that most places I would go, that's kind of where I would start with. Um, You know, I've been in school for a while now, so I know that earlier in my programs, I would I would have a lot of like, I would give, I would just give, I feel like it was more integrated into my identity. Um, But um, I also, just to share too, I've like, and I'll get back to this, but I, I went to therapy for a long time and also group therapy. And so I think in many ways, I've just kind of like, I talked it out of, I talked like it through my system so much that I almost arrived at a place where I didn't need to keep talking about it anymore. So mm-hmm. I feel like that speaks to healing. And I know that that's something you've addressed earlier in this podcast. Um, but there was a time where I was just so, I was at such a state of unrest that I couldn't help but just talk about it all the time. Um, but anyways, when I was, so I was in California and then I had a, I had a psychedelic experience that just caused, it was just, it was, very extreme and it caused um, just some it caused disorientation and uh, like I've, I've taken psychedelic trips before then um, so it wasn't the first time but there was just something about this one in particular that really sincerely redirected the course of my life and I really I really strongly believe from a place of just knowing that it directed my life where it's meant to be I feel very purposeful in my current life and um, very sure about where I where I am. So I'm currently in Detroit. That's my home. So it actually the whole the whole trip. I mean, seriously, I'm just going to use that word because it was a psychedelic. It was a LSD trip, but the trip itself has really been like my journey. You know, to back home and then just like revealing my true self, revealing my mission. You know, my purpose in life. Um, because it's transpired that, you know, I'm in, I'm sure we'll talk about this more, but I'm in the mental health field now. I even, I went back to school to study a lot of, um, I I went back to school to study psychology really based on my experience. Like I wouldn't have, I did not study psychology undergrad. Um, so I don't know, I don't know where my life would have led me if I hadn't had this experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so after, when I was there, then I, um, I, I just, I got into a, a mental state that was very, like, what's the word? Without any possibility for change. So. You're very stuck, it sounds like. Yep, like I, I'm very good at seeing the potential of things. It's something that I really, I'm excited about for the future now, now that I've been able to redirect, but this same tendency has been what caused me to, at the time I was looking into the potential of this life that I was like creating in my mind, you know, as a reality after this experience that was just never, it was, it was not a place I wanted to be and I was predicting that it was never a place I could leave. So then I did, I was very alone, that's the other thing too, and that's why I feel very, I feel honored to sit with people who are close to this, but I just kind of like get it, um, to, you know, not, not just ideal, not idealize, but to really just take it, 
takes yourself to, to, to attempting to take your life. Um, and for me personally, and I would never want to project this onto anyone else, but just for me personally, I had to be feeling like very alone. That there's just no one. And so I kind of had to like also create in my mind disconnection, like bro broken all my links, right? Like I'm not really thinking about my brother, you know, or anyone. So okay. you have to really, at least that's just my, what I feel like, you know, based on my experience, you have to really go to there, you know, or else you, at least just, just for me, um, everyone is linked to life in different ways, but I really value that linking now for like a lot of reasons. But I kind of just wanted to share that because that's just, it was just within a few days too. And, but also over time, like I had been kind of like isolating in a very curious way for a time, mm -hmm. um, which is another reason why I really value community now and just like real friends and, um, you know, I'm very close to my family, but there's a lot back behind my, like, I feel like I'm perpetually trying to just be connected to people, but also, also though, not be afraid to be alone. That's something that's very important to me too and something that I couldn't, I couldn't handle it before. I mean, I used to be like either, and I noticed, you know, I, I noticed now even, I'll just share with you, like I've been home, my parents were traveling this weekend and so I've been living, this is like, for some people, it's not a big deal to think about living alone. <laughs> I've just been, I've been home alone for a few days and I've just, I noticed these thoughts that are like, oh, I better not, you know, spend too much time alone because then I go to this place that's like, mm. you know, isolation place and disconnection place and I can't come back to just being with people. But I feel really proud of myself because I feel like I've achieved that I can be in my alone place and then still come back to the community place. And it's all good. You know, I really, totally. I really value both. Totally. It sounds like if you're at home, it's kind of like safe space to practice being alone. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's a really strong statement. And so when I was in California, I, there was just like an ungroundedness. So I, when I, I don't really know if it's just, you know, karmically, if it's like that is, it's really not my home, you know, so I was home. I had a home there with uh, one of my best friends, but um, there was still something like as if the foundation just wasn't there. So I just, um, I couldn't ground. And then um, she was actually, she was traveling. There was, there was somehow, even in the reality I was creating in LA, I had been there for a while, somehow added up to that specific weekend that I was just like, there's no one around here. There's no one here anymore. No one cares about me here. And there's no one, I was just alone in my apartment. So that's when I did attempt to take my life. Um, and so then that was, that was very much like the next level of the beginning because then I, um, just from there, just kind of started on a journey that you can't, I, I just felt like I couldn't quickly come back from that. No, no. So whether it was like the panic of the people that around me or like really what I internally believed, it's kind of hard to really discern, you know, the, to, I, to separate them out. But there was definitely a, a huge ripple, you know, starting with my family, my close friends, and that was just really awful. Um, and I was not, you know, I was talking about the aloneness before, but it's also this total disconnect from, um, like feeling that's something I've really like come into harmony with a lot lately. And, um, I look forward to integrating and incorporating that in my professional career as a psychologist is feelings, um, you know, not just thoughts, but feelings too, because I mm -hmm. realized the feelings really, for me, they really helped me. They help me feel like I'm a, like I'm alive. And when I was when I went to you know do that that day, I I wasn't really associating like as a as a human being that is like with consideration for life. Right. I was just like. It's just such a degree of, of dishonor and disrespect. And I don't, I don't mean that like, I don't know, I hate to say dishonor. It's not, it's not meant to be negative, like that I'm just saying like people like are dishonoring life to do that. It's more just like 
I can clearly see now because I'm just, I'm just at such a di different place. And when I say life, I don't just mean like our one life because that's that's kind of a part of it too. And that's speaking to what, I, what we were talking about in the beginning. So it's like the life, it's like the one life. So it's my life, you know, that I am working with, you know, with my body. It's like my sister's life and how she's impacted by right. my life and my choices. So it, there's just like a, just an absolute disconnect from the respect for life. And that's where, for me, the feelings have become a, a part of my healing journey that I really feel like, I feel excited about because sometimes I'll feel stuff that's really hard to feel, but I'm like, I'm really happy that I'm feeling that because a feelingless place is much worse. Completely. I've been to the place of apathy um, a time or two in kind of like the bouts of um, shadow mind, as I've heard you reference, um, where I was so deeply paranoid and thought that I was going to end up, you know, kidnapped and taken away and tortured and all these horrible things were going to happen to me that I was just in like a kind of a fight for survival but it became almost like a it, because it was every day that I was in this fight for survival it felt like it was like futile at some point so I just went into like total apathy and so I know what that, that, that what you're referring to I mean it, we got there through different means but our, our, our states of apathy are feelinglessness looked different, different, but I've definitely been there, and it's, it's bleak, for sure. Mm. Yeah, so I know you mentioned now a few times your psychology movement towards certification in school and whatnot. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and kind of like the road that you're on now and it sounds like because of your experience with your trip which I you know in certain ways relate to as well and I just wanted to name that kind of the point of this podcast in a lot of ways is to talk about our situations and our issues and that gives others permission you know emotional space to kind of do the same and by you talking about an experience that you had with the substance that led you ultimately to where you are, um, I had a similar experience with a different substance, and it, it led me ultimately to this path that I'm on today, which I feel like is where I'm supposed to be. So, you know, I really appreciate that kind of like acknowledgement of those experiences that can take us to really dark places, but also like that's part of the journey too. And the real work is, I think, like in the in-between, like when you're not tripping on something or engaging in some substance, it's like, what are you doing in real life, real time to further your path or to walk your path? Like, mm -hmm. what's the work that you're putting in at those times? Yeah, I just wanted to say just two things. Um, I know you have the next question. I just wanted to, it just made me realize, um, well, just two things, like, um, First of all, one thing that's really helped me, I think, just take the reins on my journey has been, like, I know you mentioned that it's like a substance that directed my journey or like, you know, because I took this, it's the, the substance led me here. So something I really had to hold on to claim was my choice to like to my choice to take it. And I spent a long time really externalizing that, like years, I'm saying, where mm -hmm. like, oh, the person who, like this added up to this, like, like this person brought it to me. And I could still see myself blaming, you know, blaming right, right. and then really like not taking, you know, I just think that taking the responsibility has been what has been extremely difficult and it's been really, uh, it's been really healing and I'm not saying that like I knew what would happen by taking it right um, but I just like and I, I, I perceive the world too through the law of causality so cause and effect which is karma mm -hmm. so 
I'm also seeing that this choice is just, it's like, it's nothing that I can begrudge or regret, you know, the choice to take it because that's what I did for a long time. And that's where I was really, like, as if I'm trying to walk forward with my head turned backwards. Right. And I'm not really advancing that well because I'm not trying to look forward. I mean, seriously, I was just only trying to, like, if you want to talk about the way Branch and Splinter, like, I was looking backward and just basically what I started doing was inventing inventing all these realities based on a different choice, a different choice right then, which could, which in this, you know, this dimension, you know, this life, this version of this reality, whatever right. we want to call it, right. that choice will always be. That is, that is now, it always kind of was and it always is and always will be the choice that was made. Completely. So I spent, I just took so much time just like trying to change the past. Um, and but there's th- it's difficult. There's things that happen in our life where it's really difficult to just inc- accept and incorporate that into our journey. So I feel like my journey has been to widen, you know, and expand. My healing has been an expansion process because I've had to expand to incorporate this experience into my journey, yeah. <laughs> into my life, into, yeah. my, into my well-being. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to say to you was I just really appreciate it's this this conversation is making me realize how like how significant it is to talk about our journeys but not from a place of that something is currently wrong which is very it's very powerful i don't think like um, i think it just kind of goes back to the mental health question in general like once we're kind of like if you if you really feel like you're mentally healthy you don't have to like you don't have to talk about it you don't have to like we go, we will go to a therapist maybe when we're not doing well, but then um, it's just really refreshing just to reflect on it, but not from a place where I'm trying to prove that I'm okay now. Right, right. Because that's the other thing. Once you kind of go into mental illness, um, you might spend, you could spend time too trying to like break your all your dynamics that you have that are based on that as your foundation. Um, you know, start anew with the people where it's like, no, I'm not, like, I know for all these years I was convincing you that I was, but now I'm not, so it's like not so instant for everyone else around you. Right. Yeah, I think that healing doesn't really end, and it doesn't really, I mean, it, I think that we can become well in many different ways but that's not that doesn't mean our healing journey has ended Mm -hmm. so like me you know hosting this podcast I'm not doing it from some place of like I'm healed so now I can help all of you to heal too Mm -hmm. like that's not at all the case like I'm very much still on my healing path like I'm helping others, but I'm also, like, really helping my, like, trying to help myself, and by talking about it, that's what allows me to feel like I am okay, you know, a little, a little bit by little bit each day, and, you know, in, in episode one, I kind of referenced, um, that I had had between when the podcast was recorded and when it was released, I had a little bout of paranoia that came up and it was kind of this type of thing where it's like that shit comes up again like and it's it it doesn't really it takes us to where we are though like that's part of the path on like of where we're going and where we're headed and the path that we're on so yeah I I totally acknowledge that like we all make choices and we get to where we're going by the choices that we make and um, by looking ahead, looking down at our, looking down where we are and around where, we, like in the current moment, and looking ahead, like as we walk forwards, like that's doing the work. Like instead of like you said, like walking forward with our heads turned back behind us, um, and we encounter what we encounter as we walk forward, as we move forward, and in those moments, that's where the real work lies. You know, like that's where we choose, we make a choice, like you say, like we make a choice to 
continue the healing journey or to do something that will like catapult us backwards. So it's all a matter, and it is a matter of choice for sure. It's always a matter of choice and it's always a matter of choice. Um, what we don't do too. Um, so yeah, in terms of, yeah, to go back to that original question, I guess, um, what I'd love to hear just like more about what you're doing now on your journey um, into being a doctor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So when you were talking, it made me think about, I, I love what you're saying about the healing journey never ending. And especially then when I look at the perspective of the oneness of life, because I really do feel like my journey is, like my journey is linked. It's, it's like, I guess linked is a good word, but it's really just a simultaneous process that occurs alongside the rest of all of life. So I feel like that speaks to where I'm at professionally, um, because kind of the way that it's just added up really and synchronized um, in my life now. I am on course in my doctorate degree for psychology, and I feel like um, it's going to offer me personally, like with with my life, with all my experiences in my head, and then um, like the professional experience that I've gained too, of course, it's going to offer me a lot of ways to contribute to collective healing. So that's why I feel like, I feel like in a really good place to, to create impact in the way that I think is absolutely necessary and just amazing like I'm really wanting to contribute to the creation of life to be a, a beautiful life as beautiful as possible for everyone and it's a very it's a despairing time in some ways and it's very we're there's a lot of disparity let's say despairing and disparity so there's mm -hmm. a lot of unevenness in our current world and there's a lot of things that are going wrong. I mean, it just depends on how we see things, but there's just so many, it seems like, I, lately I feel like my life is like, where is, where do, I think just, you know, when I look at my life energetically right now, um, just with kind of like the pain I've tapped into, I can feel this draw where I'm like, where is the, where is the pain? that I'm going towards now, which sounds like, it kind of sounds weird to say that, but it's more from the perspective of healing, where I'm like, I wanna, I want to contribute. So, but in a way that's like, not damaging. You know, I also really, I think a lot of my experiences have really helped me prioritize and just learn how to take care of myself and also respect my life which I never did before, or really not to this degree. And so just to weave that in, like my, the care that I, you know, the way I care about my life, it, I feel very much, you know, certain that I'm not going to, I'm not looking to sacrifice my well-being for the sake of humanity. It's like, I know that sounds kind of extreme, but it's not that. It's like a, a balance between, a balance that just adds up to, respecting and taking care of and contributing to the well-being of all of life so mine included everyone else's around me included completely and i think there's a way to do that without sacrificing your own life you know in like a figurative sense mm -hmm. like um like to have boundaries and to take good care of yourself and your downtime and to give yourself plenty of rest and all mm -hmm. of those things are good ways to kind of like balance and um, and to help the world in the ways that you can simultaneously. Uh, so let's talk about the three F's because I know that those come up in your life um, and are incorporated. And I'd love to hear your kind of explanation of how you incorporate for those who are listening and um, 
didn't listen to episode one, um, the explanation of the three S's or the love revolution are the blending of science and sustainability, social justice and spirituality with the recognition that the three facets are all deeply connected and are actually pretty much one, one in the same. Um, so if anyone is affecting in a positive way through one of those facets, they're also affecting the other two facets in some way. So hopefully if someone is, you know, helping the world through something science related or through sustainability or environmental justice, they're also helping people on the planet, which would, which would um, co coincide with, you know, the facet of social, of social justice. And that's kind of inherently spiritual, to be honest. Spirituality is bringing together everything in the interconnectedness of life and um, affecting people's karma in positive ways and all these things that are spirituality related. So that's a little bit of a far out um, last kind of piece there. But um, yeah, would you have anything to add around that? Um, sure, yeah, I, I love what you're saying. Um, so I think that my, I think that the healing I've been experiencing has been on all levels. So it does feel very thorough what's been happening in my life. Um, so that sets me up to, I'm really just, I'm always looking to arrive at a place where I can you know, know my experiences and having having lived them, um, but not really letting them interfere um, and just letting them be a source of contribution. Beautiful, yeah. Um, so right now, like I'm, my degree, I I think will really help. to science, science. and, and so it's social as well though because you're helping you know folks on an individual and collective level yeah that's exactly yeah I was thinking that too I mean there's definitely a science to the mind um, which I've, I've been learning I mean I've been studying psychology for a while but more lately I've been very interested in the way the subconscious and unconscious mind works um, in relation to our automatic behaviors and um, thinking, you know, really the life we're creating that's based in the subconscious. So I can see how really just understanding from all vantages the complexity of the mind, I mean, to the much, as much as we possibly can, I feel like I'm constantly in an internal discovery process about the mind because I, I just think a lot, and that's also something that I used to really... I would just like criticize myself in my mind for thinking, I'm like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? I'm thinking so much, I can't stop thinking. Right. And in the past, it's been like negative thoughts and that's really, that's damaging. But then you hear people say, you're overthinking or you know, you'll just hear, you'll hear kind of feedback that's like around that idea. And then, you know, the, our little selves start to think, oh my God, I need to stop thinking so much. I'm like, like all different types of thinking, but um, lately, I'm just I'm more just trying to see it as an opportunity, you know, to really, as if I'm analyzing, like the the mind that I I I have, you know, for the sake then of being able to help other people too, you know, because then I, I do notice that I I kind of gain insight and awareness, and this is a this is something I I sincerely believe everyone has the ability to do, just you know being aware of our internal process in a way that then doesn't guide our behavior. You know, because if I have a negative thought, it can really just, I can take an action that's based on there, and then sooner or later I've just created my life based on that. So totally. to just have a spaciousness of awareness around something like that. Um, so anyways, I just feel like I've, I notice sometimes when I'm speaking that I'm just able to articulate, it's, it's just becoming more clear the function and the the benefit of being able to just 
create insight based on personal experiences, rather, you know, either negative, you know, possibly negative or positive. So I think that's kind of like the science that I would talk about that more, but just to kind of get back to the question, um, the science of the mind and then how that impacts us individually and how it impacts us collectively because we're not just living in isolation. You know, we could try to, but we are always, you know, creating an impact. Um, and then the social piece is very important too for that same reason. And that's why um, one of the things I really am fascinated of studying in psychology is, is systems. Um, like there's a, there's a type of psychology that's systems theory. I'm new to it, but just the idea of the way that we're linked together. So family is a system, like a, you know, there's larger systems. But I think that from the more scientific perspective, um, looking at the world through the systems lens, has, it's, it has and will continue to help me just apply my personal philosophy um, about the oneness of life or the phenomenon of interconnection. Um, it will help, it helps us heal, like when we can just start to see that. Um, so that's, I think that's like the social piece um, of psychology. Completely. I think that's kind of spiritual too. Like um, when we talk about the interconnectedness, interconnectedness of all things, like the web of life. I mean, we're talking about a multifaceted, multi-layered web, right? Like it's, it is pretty, it is pretty spiritual, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's really been, that has been, uh, I would say, a really big, if not the biggest part of my journey towards just understanding and feeling secure in my understanding that there is a, there is a, an essence to life that is beyond what we can cognitively or intellectually know. Right. And that's been difficult for me for a long time to really wrap my mind around, which is like almost like it's like a paradox, not wrap my mind around, but to actually embrace as a truth that there's something beyond the mind, the mind's ability is really difficult for me because I come from, I'm just as a little tiny background, like my, my family were very, I would describe us as we're very cognitive and intellectual but also traditionally educated so you can then see systematically that there's just so much tied into self-identity with intelligence and then it gets into academia you know as a whole system mm-hmm. um, especially when we're not really perceiving that there's anything to base our lives on beyond our mind and I'm not saying it's better it's not beyond in the way where it's like better than intelligence it's just I think going through my process where I really lost my mind has really helped me ground into this as a truth which is I really had to determine to not live out the rest of my life in that way and as a result I feel as if it was more of a trip you know a journey and just kind of like an opportunity to see this as a as a possibility Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I really feel like the spiritual comes into my healing journey and then that of others and is on, as one of my branches because it was necessary. Completely. It's, it all feels really necessary. What yeah. has occurred? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like those experiences can show us that there is something beyond, right? Mm-hmm. And then we go back to kind of like normal, quote-unquote normal, day-to-day real-time reality and we recognize that it's all a trip it's all a freaking trip so that's when we recognize that we can like move through that in a specific way and shape our reality to how we want it to be it sounds like that's what you're doing now that's kind of like maybe some of what you recognized yeah i mean i i mean sincerely i i started using the mantra nam yo haringa kyo when i was in california and then i just feel like there's so much that started to reveal about life through using it. And um, then when I, it's almost like the trip just, it revealed so much that I couldn't bear to believe it. Yeah. So I tried to just go back and 
check myself into different categorical boxes. Um, yeah, it doesn't I, work so well. <laughs> yeah, so that like that was my my goal really was to just kind of just to and I, I think I just needed to 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 create order in my mind. I needed to draw on something familiar, which in in our current society and really like Western perspective is let's just get me into a um, like a label, like a diagnosis. Let's just like fit me in there for now because that feels a lot less confusing than the alternative. So in that way, I really just want to compliment and just express gratitude for the mental health, the system right now, the mental health community, because where I, when I crash landed, it was very necessary that I receive what I did, which was I was going to therapy three times a week originally. Mm-hmm. And then... I was, I started seeing a psychiatrist, my psychiatrist, I think once or twice a week, even at the beginning, which is just a very consistent routine. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of therapy. Um, it's, I think that it's true that most people could benefit from that much therapy, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think I just really needed to have that much order, but it was so, it was just so starkly different that it just created this really intense juxtaposition in my life because it was just so different from the life I was living and then what I was revealing where I, I kind of tried to go back into a reality where there is no essence of life beyond what the mind can understand. Because yeah. I was trying to really make mental sense of what happened and I couldn't. Right. I think that's where trust comes in, right? <laughs> like, that's how spirituality shows up for me, not to kind of like go off on this tangent of my own spirituality, no, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that, I mean, I, I believe in like the multiverse. I believe in like worlds beyond worlds beyond worlds. And I think that there's a divine order um, that is recognized in like kind of like a divine blueprint of it all that we can see in certain times um, when we allow our minds to be stretched that way. Uh, and this isn't going to make sense to anyone who hasn't experienced that. And that's totally okay because that's because we all have our own journeys. I probably just sound like I'm speaking like gibberish though on some level to some to some folks. And that's that's all good. Everyone has their own way of understanding the world. But in my, my view, it's kind of like um, the way that we can understand it in the times that we don't understand it is by trusting, just by trusting. Mm-hmm. So it's like falling into trust. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's how, that's how we move forward in the most graceful way so yeah definitely and I feel like just moving forward I feel like a big part of my mission but also just the way that I feel like aligned to what I'm like my purpose what I'm meant to do is I really just want everything to be universally understood. Um, so I'm really just speaking to you from, I really, I really know the feeling of like, I really want to articulate something, but I really can't get my point across in a way that's connective, where I can see people are understanding me, and I'm, we're connecting, you know, on this like understanding because we are sharing in that moment, and then it, mm. we, we come back together. I mean, seriously, like in that moment, we become one because we have a shared oh, like you're saying something and... And I'm saying the same thing and we're meeting. And I understand what you're saying. Right. So I understand you. And the further, like the further away people get from being able to just share in that, the more just fragmented that one branch of life becomes because that one person is just being, they're being less and less, being understood is, it seems so simple uh, but I really see like a like there's a bigger picture, which is for someone to just 
keep spiraling into isolation that's based on, well, no one understands me. You know, that's, it's ultimately detrimental and it just, that person just becomes, they, there's many directions, you know, that they can go that's splintered off from the whole. Right, isolated. Right, yeah. so I feel like, um, I feel really determined to be a person, a universal person who can communicate and um, just, you know, articulate experiences in a way that are always connective. So, and because I, I know from my side, when I don't feel like someone can understand me, I just go into, it's like a, it's a pretty dark place that I can just start to go to. Um, and so my, I feel like my journey is becoming, I've, there's more that I've understood or I'm understanding that I've been trying to talk about. So, you know, when I come back to my degree and my professional life, um, part of my process right now has been to apply what I, what I, you know, big things that are theoretical to um, the therapeutic realm, really. So they're not just like atmospherical entities that just right. drift along, but um, art can be shared and can be beneficial. So. There's just, like, for example, there are programs that have really just become, I mean, they're like originally visions, and then they're, they've now developed as programs that will then be, they can set in place in the therapeutic, like in the mental health world. So it'll be really exciting because I think people will get a direct exposure to just a lot of what has helped me, um, but then in a way where they're doing their own healing. So it'll be like a mutually beneficial thing. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. That's awesome. Um, so is there anything else you would like to add in terms of just we have to, so we have to start wrapping up. So yeah. is there anything else you would like to add? This has been so wonderful, um, this conversation, and I really am appreciative of you. And I just want to know if there's anything else you'd like to add um, in terms of um, kind of like your mental health journey moving into um, where you are today and anything you feel about it or anything at all? Um, yeah, I really just want to, I really just want to emphasize that or just share my belief that's just based on, and this is, it's a knowing now, so just based on what I've experienced that there's, Nothing that's, there's nothing that's scary that occurs that has to be forever. And that's just really what I, I think will become a part of, you know, interwoven into my, into the future in general. But I just feel, I feel like it's a big part of my purpose is to just continue to find ways to share this message because I went to these places that are just so, it's like so awful, but not just awful, but like feeling so permanent yeah, and just desperate. And so I just feel like, I know we talk about hope, but people really need to, really need to connect to something in moments. And if there's nothing else, um, just the hope that this can, this can pass. I mean, really right now this can, this doesn't have to be the way that it will always be. It just feels very important. Mental health affects us all. If you are feeling suicidal, please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. You gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You are able to say to yourself, I have lived through this horror. I can take the next thing that comes along. You must do the thing you think you cannot do. Eleanor Roosevelt. Thank you to the city of Detroit, where we record this podcast each week. To Ayla Nario for the use of her beautiful song, and to our listeners who may be struggling with mental health issues, 
May this podcast serve as a light in what can often be a very dark night. Catch you next time on the Bridge to Branches podcast. Mm-hmm.